Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter, my name's Kevin. And I'm Wesley. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Getting your so hair done? Get my hair done, yes. Getting so this rid of the might greys. be a little bit quicker. Oh, they are coming thick and fast. <laughs> they don't waste any time. It used to be you get your hair done every eight weeks. Uh-huh. And then maybe a couple would come. Uh-huh. And now it's four weeks. Oh. But then I still push my hair out to like get it done every eight weeks. Uh-huh. It just uh-huh. means that I need to tie it back more. A little bit of a... What's um? So how long's your hair? What you're getting your, your hair done today? So what's the? How long's it take? Good two or three hours. A oh, couple that's hours. Ridiculous. Yeah. And how much? About two hundred bucks. Whoa! Swimming's haircuts. They're so expensive. Yeah, but it's the colour as well. Yeah. Okay. What do you think of my hair? It's what have you done? Done right? No, I just got it shaved on the sides and I'm growing it out on top. You like You've it? got a wee bit of grey as well. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. You're gonna colour it or no. just for men? No. No. $25 redo is getting my hair cut. $25. And Good. I give him I give him a tip, so I give him 30 bucks. That's nice. Loves me. Loves me. Takes his time with my You've hair. You've never handed out money. No. That's bizarre. Oh, he's a good hairdresser. Wow. As you can clearly tell. Yeah, so um Shall we <laughs> So this is episode 42, the Blue Tones. Return to the Last Chance Saloon. What an album. What an album and I it's, kinda love it. It's been so interesting to kinda of talk about this as well. So and everyone can come at me, I don't care. <laughs> what? That's what's been good about it, because people have sort of stood up for us as well. Saying, you know, it's good that you took OK Computer out of the top ten because the easy thing to do would actually be have it in the top ten. But that's what's good about us is that we just we're just doing don't al- care. Don't care. I'm just doing <laughs> albums that we actually like. So uh, Twitter and Facebook at Britpop Banter and Britpop Banter at gmail.com. All views expressed in this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate the talent and sacrifice to create these albums. So let's talk about Radiohead Les. What did you think of the episode? Um, Happy oh, with it? A few tangents. Two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Um, had a little listen back to my little New Zealand rant. <laughs> your, your sort of fangirl moment for New Zealand. Yeah. Stand by that. <laughs> Although I will be wearing the golden green tonight. Yes. Big game tonight. Big game. So Rugby World Cup update, obviously. Uh, my high hopes for the Japan game faded fast in front of my eyes last <laughs> Sunday night. Apparently we played um, pretty well, though. Very and well in the game. second half. They're yeah. just, they were just fast. Yeah, okay. And we're not fast. Okay. So... Yeah, and just outplayed for ten minutes of the first half, and it was all and, and it was hard. We scored two cries in five minutes in the second half, and I thought we could do this. Then mm. I thought that's foolish. Why? <laughs> You're <laughs> falling into the typical Scotland trap. Yeah, don't don't do it. <laughs> um, Got your hopes up. Cross. So, um, yeah, today Australia v England. Yeah, I'll be uh, on Team Australia for this one. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So, I stirred up a little bit of a. Etiquette moment at work yesterday, so oh. I'm gonna. So tonight I'm going to a friend's house for dinner. Mm-hmm. So it's um, someone I used to go. I did my uh, degree with recently. Oh, okay. So it's um, him and his missus are putting on a dinner party for me and a few others. So there'll be mm-hmm. like six of us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a big rugby game. Okay. So I'd said, look, text and said, looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Do you mind if I put the, the rugby on in the background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I asked a couple of people at work, is that rude or is that not rude? Mm-hmm. And I got such mixed response. Oh. Like, you're a jerk, that's rude, they're making you dinner, whole thing. Then I got other people going, no, 
World Cup every four years, big game, Australia v England. True, good point. Do you know what I mean? Have it on the background, bit of banter. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. But my friend they... doesn't mind. Like, said, no, of course, put it on in the background. Oh, but a... such a mixed response. <laughs> Heidi, where do you sit in that one? See, I know you, so I would... I, th- I think... Well, I wouldn't even ask you. I was just coming <laughs> in on the channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, depended, uh, depended on if I was slightly interested in the sport. If someone came on and said, Kev, it's ice skating finals tonight. Can we have it on the background? I thought, no, no, mate. No, we're not doing that. Do you know what I mean? Somebody or- asked me that and they said, what's the, the sport you hate the most? And I said, cricket. And then they said, what if it was the Cricket World Cup? Yeah, that's a great point. And I said, good point. If it was a World Cup... It's okay. Yes. For any sport? For any sport. Big, big Every event? four years, big event. Got it. If it's cricket, local team versus local team on the telly, no, forget it. Like, well, if it's just an average game. What if I was coming to dinner at your house? Ah, oh, but then you're interested in the sport. So if it was Sydney FC, for example, yeah, fine. Yeah, you're okay with that? No dramas. Because you're slightly interested in the football. But anyway. even if it wasn't, if it means something to someone. What about wrestling? If it was like a final. There's, <laughs> there's no finals in wrestling. What about this? Okay, yeah. a big one, a big what, big fight. Right. Okay. What about UFC? Nah. Ah, what's your stance on the UFC? Because it's brutal and it's horrible and it's violent. You wouldn't let me watch UFC when we lived together. Because it's horrible. <laughs> and I don't like violence. So there's the there's the line in the sand. If it's a violent sport... Not because it actually makes me gag. Right, okay. okay. Like, I can't watch people actually kick the living shit out of each other. Okay. I don't understand why that's a sport. Okay. Boxing, I can to a point. But even then... There was a boxer that died last week. That's what I mean. Head injuries. Well, not as many as horses. Oh, God, that was horrible, wasn't Honestly, it? I'm just... I need to rant just for two seconds because we're getting close to Melbourne Cup and I know this will polarise people. Go on. But really, do we actually still, as a sophisticated race, yes. have to watch animals run yes. to have a nice time? Do, do we really have to do that? Yeah, yeah. Do we need to dress up like fools, drink too much, waste our money gambling mm-hmm. on poor horses mm-hmm. who, look, some are probably treated wonderfully. Mm-hmm. But the majority are not. Mm-hmm. And look what we just witnessed on the news. Honestly, yep. Melbourne Cup, I can't stand it. So, I work from home and it's Melbourne Cup because I avoid it. So I'm in quite a corporate environment and they do lots of... Same, I ignore it. Yeah, they do lots of um, uh, lucky draws and all that sort of stuff. And I I stay out of it. I'm like, no. I'm not contributing any money. And actually, to be honest, I, I, I'd rather not be involved with it at all. But what Leslie's talking about is because a lot of our, our view, listeners overseas, there was a report um, that basically showed some racehorses, like actually some of them were still registered as official racehorses, going to the abattoir and, and being treated rather inhumanely. Um, and that's not allowed. That's actually banned. Um, so it's so was, was horrible to see. So anyway, very political. Yeah, I don't know where uh, we got. How did we get there? I don't know. I think I asked you how you were sport. and you just went off. <laughs> yeah, sport. Yeah, if it was a horse race, nah, it wouldn't be on my table. That's where I was I'm, going. I'm with you. Anything animal cruelty. No, there's no need it. for that. Right. Shall we talk about Liam? Probably. Hi. While we're talking about being cruel. Why was that cruel? He was being a bit jokey with, uh, he was being a bit cruel towards old suede, wasn't he? Love him. So what did he say? So, Because um, this is off the bat. You mentioned last week suede... It was a Brett Anderson. It's like he heard me. Yeah, okay. Wasn't it? 
And it was off the and, and Bart was interviewed from Suede, and he doubled down on the fact that it was a laddish movement. What did Liam have to say about that? Well, Liz? Liam kind of disagreed. Did he? Um, yeah, because he didn't think it was that. He said it was um, blousey. <laughs> I'd like to know what that is. Um, the only one thing I will have to say about this comment is when you've got Brett Anderson saying it was a bit misogynistic <laughs> and a bit laddish, <laughs> and Liam goes, no, it wasn't, it was blousey. <laughs> you've kind of, in a way, as much as I love you, Liam, proved his point. Ah, yes, you have. I never thought of that. Yeah, you're right. And I'm like, that dude. I thought that was. Think of another word. <laughs> Because what you're trying to say, my assumption that blousey means like it was pansy, girly. Yeah, because of suede and the way that they... Right, so you go, looked. think of another world. I don't know if that's what he meant. No, that's but, what he meant. You know that's what you go, meant. you've just... <laughs> like, really? I know what you're saying. <clears throat> um, you've actually you've actually brought up a... That's a valid point I never thought of. I you're right, you're absolutely I read right. It and I was like... And he's like, this is why I distanced myself from it. So you thought it was blousy, so you distanced yourself. Brett Anderson's saying it's laddish, and you're saying no, it wasn't, but you use the word blousy. Oh. <laughs> like, my head just was like, I can't get my head around it. I want to back you, Liam. I really want to back you, because I do think that Brett's comments were hectic, and we spoke about that last week. But, yeah, didn't do yourself. I think you put your HR hat on there and you went, oh, see, you know... There's You'd other also words. be in trouble. <laughs> there's other words you could use. There are so many. So he, he went on, he actually opened up a bit and actually responded to quite a few. So I think one of the quotes from Liam was that he, they were asked, do you consider yourself part of the Britpop you know, movement? He went, we were bigger than Britpop. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I would say Liam's a bit old school. I would see him saying that he's more rock and roll. He wants to be considered rock and roll rather than Britpop, is my view. He... Our Oasis Britpop. Because he, he did throw menswear and he, he had a dig at menswear in one of his That's tweets. fine. <laughs> Which is like... <laughs> um, that's absolutely fine. Okay. Um... Nobody can be bigger than the actual thing. That is silly. I see what he's saying. Um, but they were the biggest. Okay. Um, did you see what he said about um, uh, Blur? So there were tweets going back. Oh, comments. yeah, I saw that. Go on. So he said, um, somebody said, oh, best Blur album. And he went, they haven't got one. <laughs> they have two tunes, Beetlebum and Lonesome Street. He picked the song that I really like as well. In my top five, Lonesome Street. I'm surprised um, he likes that because Lonesome Street's quite an interesting song as well. Yeah. Oh. And then somebody said, Liam, I love you, but you did F all to distance yourself from Britpop. Also, don't disrespect Suede. If it wasn't for them basically starting a Britpop wave, Oasis would never have made it this big. <gasps> Do you want to hear his response? Go on. Shut it, you dick. We were on another <laughs> level, still are. <laughs> that would have got a like from me. Um, I Honestly, I've had a field day with this. Um... Who would you put in Room 101, Liam? Oh, so my would... God. So what's Room 101, first of all? So it's a show where you put something that you really hate in a room and it never comes back. Yep. And he put all those Britpop bands who at the time were loving it, now they are slagging it. <laughs> Me and Liam. Oh. Of a po- yeah, because that's my point. That's yeah. always been my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved it at the time. Yeah. Raking in the money, yeah. having the fame, and right now it's like, oh, no. 
Oh no, we were in our own. We didn't. No, want no, to be. we were in a yeah, you no. know a punk rock post grunge post crap bullshit. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were in Britpop. So. Um, you're in one of those moods. You're dropping quite a few uh, bombs. Swear words, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And then he said, then somebody else for tweeted. This episode. Um, thoughts on suede, and he just put blousey again. <laughs> I mean, I think he means because they were a little bit. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, somebody else tweeted him. The verve looking back were basic, almost shed seven. The Manics were the boys. The he Verve said that. pissed all over Swede. Oh, he said that. <laughs> Liam said that. <laughs> Which is true too. Um, honestly, I just read them all and I just kept laughing and laughing and laughing. It was good though. He was chatting to everyone, having a bit of a laugh, to be honest. He was just being Liam. I love it. He doesn't care. He just doesn't. Why would you care? No. He doesn't care. Um, but yeah. At least, it was, at least he actually made some sense this time. Because some of his tweets are like, ah, what, are you, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, I don't know. Um, sometimes it's a bit old man shouts at Cloud-esque with Liam. But I love it. Th- these were good. Um, all right, anything else before we get into Song of the Week? No. All right, so let's get cracking with a band that so many people have been like, you have to play or you have to listen to or you have to talk about, the Lathams. Oh, they're brilliant. Oh my god, this band. So getting loads of hype. Some people are saying overrated. Oh really? Yeah, I've I read something that. Yeah, somebody said, look at why is it what's all the hype? What's all the hype? They have got a lot of hype. Like so Well, from what I've heard it's Justified. Mm. Yeah. So um they're a young band from Wigan, they're absolutely killing it. All their dates for twenty twenty have sold out. Okay? That's That's we're, huge. We're not even there yet. No. And they've sold out. Um, so this is the song Artificial Screens taken from their self-titled EP. Here you go. Things that you hate and all the things that you love, 
actually really like that song. Yeah, me too. The Lathams, Artificial Screens, absolutely brilliant. So, so far... Big future, big future. I agree, <laughs> I agree. So far, I'm all in, I'm all in. All right, your segment, let's get into homework. Good morning, everybody. Les says. Les says. Les says the Sherlocks. Yes. Under your sky. Okay. So they are British band from Bolton upon Dern near Barnsley in South Yorkshire. Oh. The band consists of consists of two sets of brothers. Kieran, oh. and, Kieran and Brandon and Andy and Josh. You're kidding me. Nope. Have we talked about the bro- like the, the the family thing? Yeah. Two sets of brothers. Band of four, two sets of brothers. That's incredible. Hmm. Wow. Um, this is their second studio album. Their Has that first... ever happened before? I've got no idea. Anyone? Um, anyone out there? Who else were related? The yeah, Cores. But... They were related. Uh, old mate brother doesn't count. I know. But, but they were, weren't they? Was yeah, it? Okay. That was a whole right. family, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. alright, I'll take it back. Um, well, Crowd House, the Finn brothers. Neil yeah, Finn. Yeah, but the, that much. You've got four, kind of two sets... Alright, sorry, carry anyway, on. Two studio albums. Oh. Um, this is their second. Their first album was released in 2017. It was called Live For The Moment. Got to number six in the UK. Did it? Yep. Um, this album has been released a couple of months back. Under Your Sky got to number 20. Um, reviews. So, Guardian first, four out of five. Ooh. The band's second album... Leaps from their previous elementary indie into effervescent rock songs to be sung out loud. No musical wheels have been reinvented, but intriguing curveballs range from give it all ups, take that, harmonies to magic man say into a colliery band. Foremost, the 11 highly anthemic songs have all have arena-sized choruses, which deserve to be widely heard and loudly sung. Okay, that was The Guardian. Yep. Okay. Flip reverse, though. Well, another uh, opposing... Two out of five from indie is not a genre. Put your headphones in, close your eyes, and you could be listening during the 1990s reign of Britpop, the mid-naughty skinny jeans chart takeover, or in a crowd of bum-bag, Hawaiian shirt-wearing 17-year-olds giddy of Lidl's own brand, Dark Fruits. There is nothing offensive what? about the Sherlock's. They do, they do not challenge musically, but is that a reason to dislike an album? Oh. So good, yep. So that was indie is not a genre. Two out of five. Right. I would like to go first. Great, cool. No, you go first. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'm interested to see what you think of this. Okay, I agree with both reviews. Um, Overall, it's a really good, enjoyable listen. Mm -hmm. It's nothing new, right? Does that make it bad? No. Right, so I actually listen to this album quite a lot. And with each listen, it got better and better, and I found myself really enjoying it. Um, Standouts, I Want It All, Waiting, Dreams, One Day Step Inside, Under Your Sky is the best song on the album, which is awesome because it's a title um, track. I didn't dislike any songs on the album. So overall, I enjoyed this. It was good. It's a bit safe. However, if you want a decent indie album, this is the one. And it does get better with every listen. So I started at a 7 I'd probably move that up to about seven and a half. Oh, no. Go on. So, I know, to your point, it's nothing new. Mm. But for some reason, that's probably why I liked it. Because it wasn't... Because we listen to so many other new bands and new songs and new this. And sometimes it takes a few listens and it can be a bit challenging. And do I like it or do I not? Yeah. 
I just love this. Yeah. I love this kind of music. It's a nice, simple, safe, it doesn't, enjoyable listen. It's not going to be... It's not earth-shatteringly different. But that's the thing. So what do you judge it on? Do you judge it because it's not moved the boundaries of modern music? Or do you go, do you know what? That is an album I will put on again and again yeah, and again. Yeah, good album. And I really enjoy it. I really loved it. So I want it all... Sounds a lot like Snow Patrol. Oh, Reminded me yeah, so okay. much of right. Snow Patrol. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved Waiting, Magic Man, mm-hmm. Dreams, Give It All Up, One Day, Now and Then and Under Your Sky. Mm-hmm. I didn't like um, NYC, the oh, second track. Yeah, I know. That was a I bit, can see why you, it's a bit cheesy. But yeah, it wasn't, a bit, it wasn't that great. But, but I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. I listened, I've listened to it, even though I knew I had done the homework for it, I still keep listening to it. Oh yeah, me too, I went back to it. I really if, enjoy it. If you make my Spotify download list, like you know how you can you mm. can save. So I've 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 been uh, flying about a bit this week. So I was like, okay, I'll save some albums. And the Sherlock's got saved. And so I was listening to it on a plane. If you make that cut, it means I dig your album. That's yeah. how I justify it. Yeah. So what what do you give it? I will give it an eight out of ten. Whoa! Yeah, really enjoyed it. There's nothing bad about it. And I guess that's the point. There's nothing offensive. They don't challenge musically is it a reason to dislike an album right. perfect line and I actually think the answer is no because as somebody tweeted and because I keep saying it music is supposed to be enjoyable it's not always having to be like what to some people okay computer was it doesn't always have to be this huge challenge it doesn't have to be arty farty just something you enjoy just something you enjoy I will I will stick with my seven and a half then um, oh, that was good it was really good to listen to them good pick alright this is the one. I've been pumped for this. So, Jade, Jade Bird. Bird. Right, so, debut album by self-titled uh, debut album. She is 22 years old. Wow. She's English singer, songwriter, um, born in Hexham, Northumberland, where she lived till she was two, moved to London. Um, she's really making it big in the US. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you said she was the voice of the UK. Oh, she's a, yeah, she is, but she's actually making it big in the wow. UK. I can get it because of that type of um, oh yeah, I can get it. Music. Yeah. Um, she's um she attended the Brit School in Croydon, so she's been look. She's been involved in music for most of her life. Right. Okay. But um, this is her debut album. Mm-hmm. It got released in April. So reviews, Enemy, four out of five. Okay. All right. Um, Jade Bird's debut album takes in rock, country, pop and beyond on a rollicking and brutally honest set of songs. No wonder she's poised for US chart domination. Domination. Mm-hmm. More American heroes like Lana Del Rey and Lady Gaga find their way into the assured performances on Opener Ruins and the superb string lead in 17 where she balances poise and conviction with skill. Mm-hmm. Jade Bird has the edge of an assured debut album and is a startling introduction to a British talent who looks to, to set to take the states by storm. Whatever she decides to do next, um, next set of songs, build them bold and brash or strip them back to consider jams, it's hard to imagine them failing on her any time soon. Mm. Pitchfork. 7.4 out of 10. Oh, that 0.4. Jade Bird is hardly the first Brit to be smitten with, Ameri- smitten with America, but mm-hmm. the 21-year-old singer-songwriter has her own agenda. Mm-hmm. As a teenager in Wales, she taught herself to play her grandmother's guitar and found herself drawn to classic Americana storytellers from Dolly Parton to indie folk duo The Civil Wars. Um, 
Near the end of her tutelage at the legendary Brit school, she holed up in a pal's bedroom to record a demo tape which landed her a management deal and recording session with the Felice Brothers, producer of the Lumineers and Bat for Lashes. Oh, Mm. that makes sense. On the melancholic 17, she pleads with a lover for forgiveness, voice crumbling as she reveals that her tough exterior was merely a defence mechanism. Um, it's a monumental moment that demonstrates the emotional depth Bird can plumb when she permits herself. In a sea of songwriters overshadowed by overshot production and forced authenticity, Bird stands out as a self-assured voice. Mm. So, I have not even texted you about this. No. Because I wanted to know what you think about this. Because you were... Very dubious when I gave you this last week. Yes, I was. Pretty much insinuated that you were going to hate it. Yep. And do you? What do you think? I don't think you did. You're right. So, first chords of Ruins. The bang, 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 bang. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. And then she started singing. Now, firstly, gorgeous voice. Mm-hmm. Like, beautiful singer. Like, just, just really, really nice. Um, Ruins is actually It's a decent song Yeah Right But it's by by no means the best song Right nope. So once you get past Ruins is Once it gets past those chords And gets into the song It's a good song But behind that You get So there's two parts to that The, the music is, is really great Her voice is great And the lyrics Are so Personal Like the song um, Lottery mm. Such a beautiful love song Like it's yeah. touching And I'm like Oh that is And it's very You're a lyrics person yeah. I'm not Right And when I sort of hear a lyric That I go Oh okay wow, That's that's really nice So lottery Side effects I get no joy My motto Uh huh Is brilliant um, 17 Love has all been All been done before Is the best song on the album Really Yeah Loved it So Really enjoyed it Which I didn't expect to I agree 100% with Pitchfork's review because I gave it a 7.5. Wow. I, I liked it. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming. But I'm really pleased. No, neither, did I, neither did I. Like I was sort of, especially when I went, because this is how it happened, right? I listened to the Sherlock's first and I went, solid, solid, but okay. And then I put um, Bard on and I was like, oh, wait, wait. And I listened to her more than the Sherlock's. So yeah, it's, yeah but yeah, really, so. really good. Really good. So what do you think I think about it? I think you absolutely love this Yeah, album. I do. Um, <laughs> I Look, what a voice. Talented songwriter. Um, she's 22 years old. She'll mature. Mm-hmm. And her songwriting will with her. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying it's immature, but there, there, you know, there are some lyrics where you know they're from a 22-year-old. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, but it's cute, But though. that's kind of yeah, endearing, right? Exactly. Because I'm, yeah, I couldn't even write lyrics like that now. How old? Late, <laughs> late 30s. <laughs> but, um, Almost. Um, but, you know, I just, there are some just, just great songs. So Ruins is a good start. I really like Lottery, Side Effects, Does Anybody Know? Aha's uh-huh a great song. Uh, good at it. Um, 17 is a beautiful song. Yep. Um, like yeah. just really stunning. Um, Love has all been done before. Great song. Going on. If I die, mm-hmm. I really don't like. I get no joy though. Like I really can't listen to it. Oh really? I find it really annoying. Oh wow. Yeah. So I just don't like that one. I skip it. But I'll forgive that. Um, huh. But look, the great album that I will go back to again. I really will be following her career. 
It'll be really interesting to see what she does. I'll come and see her with her. Um, if she's over here, I'll come with 100%, her. 100%, because it'll be great. Um, 8 out of 10. Ah, uh, yep, yeah, okay. I thought that was where you were going to go. So that's a good, good week for music. Yeah, that's because I'm in charge. <laughs> what are we doing next? Well, what are we doing next? So, I've honestly, I'm worried, because I've got so many now, that we're going to run out of... Time. Yeah, because there's tons of good albums getting released every month. But this week, and this is going to be a controversial one, so it's Elbow with Giants of All Sizes. Now, Elbow are a band I've always wanted to love. Okay. But I don't. Okay. Because the songs are great. Yep. Lyrically, they're strong. Yep. Great music, his voice. I can't deal with it. Like, I feel it. And I've tried, because everybody's like, Elbow, amazing songwriters, beautiful, if you listen to this, right. And I try, and everybody talks about all their, and I'm like that, and I try and I try. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try again. Um, this maybe for you probably falls in the national category. I'm so excited you've chosen this album, because I've already listened to it. So the minute that popped up in good old Spotify, I went, oh, I'll whack this little bad boy on. So I am ready to talk about it. I won't, but I'm so happy you've picked it. Because it means I'm ahead of my homework, but also I'm, I can't wait to talk about it. Me too. And I've listened to it and I won't reveal. Okay, cool. But, um, What's and the other then one? Swim Deep. Who the hell is Swim Deep? So they are a young indie band from the UK. Okay, cool. And this is the album Emerald Classics. I will be interested to see what you think of them, especially the first track. Okay, alright, alright. It's a bit of a mixed bag there. So, a new up and comer and a titan. <laughs> Love it. It's kind of like David and Goliath. I like, oh yeah. Okay, Ooh. I like Elbow, I must admit. I really like Elbow. I, just, I want to. I and really I've lost want touch to. with Elbow, so I. I anyway, I'm skipping ahead. Shall I can't we... wait for the week after. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, neither can I now. Alright, shall we get into Guilty Pleasures? Yes. Jack Adimus and Pliers with the album Tease Me. Les, you've got your head in your hands. I can't even. Go on. Talk to me about this album. Who gave them a record deal? This is from Ben. Who gave... <laughs> Come on, they had some hits. Ben, do you really like this? Do you, re- do you actually like this? It's a pretty good guilty pleasure if he does. Let's be honest. Fits the mould. Perfectly. Fits the mould perfectly. Look, there are moments where you laugh out loud. There are moments where you wish you were deaf. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are moments where you went, that's kind of catchy. Yeah, okay. And you just go on this weird roller coaster. This weird roller coaster, but it's really bad. What was good? Well, nothing. Well, nothing, nothing was, was good. really good. Oh, it teased me. That's a bit of fun. Well, yeah, but that's a bit. Yeah, whatever. That's fun, right? What about um, Twist and Shout? <laughs> that's fun. Ah, come on. But they're not good. It's not. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> so I had tease me. It's just fun. She don't let nobody. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's okay. Tracy is okay. Murder, she wrote. Okay. Murder, she wrote is 
awful. <laughs> it's okay. Twist and Shout is a lot of fun. The Bad. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad. Nabatanede. What does that? I've no idea. Bam Bam is terrible. Friday evening, sunshine day, gal wine. My comments. Starts off amazingly fun, then falls off a very large yeah. cliff. Cut down the length, bring bring forward twist and shout to halfway through. Three out of ten. Two out of ten. <laughs> next week. Oh, no. Next week. No, no, no. I don't even know how. So this is from Chesh, right? On Twitter. And... When I saw this, I went, I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure, mate, right? But I'll take it. So very similar to The Grid, electronic band from the 90s, had one massive, massive um, hit, got into a whole bunch of trouble because the um, song was, you know, to deal with to do with drugs. So I think they were banned from, like, Top of the Pops. Easy goose. Amazing! <laughs> The album, Boss. I used to know the whole, um, and I'm going to have to remember it, but I used to know the whole, like, could recite the whole song even easier. No. Can you sing the whole thing? Yeah. Oh. I just need to get it back in my head once I listen to it. Um, easier is a geezer. Yeah, I used to know the whole thing. Loved it. Can you please sing that next I will. Week? So, it's Boss Drum uh, by The Shaman. <laughs> I actually like The Shaman. I like Boss Drum. I realise. This is actually on my Spotify download list as well, because I like this album. I can move, move, move. I'll take that Yeah, that's, that's a good guilty pleasure I'm up for that And that kind of fits in well too Because I'm sure it hasn't aged at all Yeah, that's the question well, Has it aged? No Are you ready for Britpop one-liners? Yes Britpop one-liners It's a bit of junk I have been excited about Um Radiohead because yeah. they are so polarising they are I want to hear what people's going to say ADL so effing special look that sign see yeah. that so yeah um, and I get where he got that yeah, yeah. yeah clever um, Chris one of the most consistently surprising inventive and unique bands of my lifetime ooh wow that what a one liner Matt I know this is really not cool but Pablo Honey is my favourite Radiohead album yeah it's not cool no, um, no, no, come on now. I, I used to love that. I think that album's underrated. It's a great album. It's not the best one. No. Yeah, just having a bit of banter. Okay. You're getting defensive again. I'm not. No, no, no. Do you want to talk about this? No. What did you give Pablo Honey? Way more than you gave it. What did you give it? I can't remember. It was like a six or a seven. Well, I wasn't in the chart then. It's so You're, good. Because you bombed it. See, you just do it again. You just <laughs> dig yourself a hole. Um, Paul, great, then just got weird. Yeah. Um... Oasis podcast with the Benz and OK Computer, they've reached a level of artistic achievement and pop music only reached by very few. Beyond that, it got very um, heady for me and I wasn't that into it. Appreciate it rather than love it. It's a good line. Mm-hmm. Appreciate what they did. Don't love it. Mm. Graham, their, their later music is like those magic i3D pictures. Makes no sense at first and then suddenly clicks into place. Some of it seems to actually tinker with bits of my brain. I listen to a lot of Radiohead, so that explains a lot. It's a good analogy. Yeah, it's true. Yep. UK bootlegs disappeared up their own arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin, Gucci little piggies, but I hope they'll never fade out. Oh, mm. clever. Johnny, so annoyingly good that it gets boring. 
Oh. Alex, okay. when they're on it, they are the best band on the planet. Yeah, okay. Ian Lightizer, they're interesting enough, but given a selection to choose from, it's a bit too out there and you definitely pick something else. That's true, isn't it? Soft drink again. It's good. <laughs> it's a great analogy. Great analogy. Andrew, it's not a love-hate relationship I have with Radiohead. It's like a like-confused relationship. As there's the odd album that I really like and then there's the rest that just seems odd to me. Sarah, always innovating. I want to like stuff post-OK Computer, but it's mostly just noise. The Lancashire Hot Pots put it perfectly in their song Cheer Up Tom York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ian should have stopped after OK Computer. Oh, I know, that's harsh. Oh. But then you wouldn't get some of the, the latest. Like, everything in its right place, you would never have got that song. No. But it wasn't worth it for one song. Oh. <laughs> um, Adam, the Benz and OK Computer are amazing. The rest are not really for me, but I appreciate that they serve a purpose. Yep. Mixed bag. Mixed bag. What would your... It's either the genius or the not. Yeah. What would you sort of... If my radio had one liner, it would be... I actually just think they're musical geniuses, but they're just too... They're musical geniuses, but they're the only ones that get it. Okay. Like, I get it. It becomes so... It's like when you think about... You know when you watch, when you see things like... um, um, like modern art and people are like oh that's a masterpiece and you're like that Jesus that's just splattered it on just the canvas yes yes I'm with um, you or they do those like installation pieces where it's like a messy bedroom but it was meant to yeah Yeah, and you go I just can't I don't have that brain yeah 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 so then I think Radiohead are in that bucket for me yeah 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 Pablo Honey The Benz OK Computer great albums OK Computer was edging yeah yeah then it gets a little bit like modern art yeah, to me, yeah. where I go, everybody's raving about it. Yeah. And it's artistic. They've they've clearly got an artistic gene I don't have. Yep. So that means that they're talented. I just don't get it. Yep. That's a really good uh, analogy. Uh, should we get into the Blue Tones? Please. Blue Tones, Return to the Last Chance Saloon. The album cover is sort of this... Uh... I'm so excited. <laughs> just like, I love it. It's this Wild West... Um, sort of drawing the album title meaning what does the last chance saloon mean now what do you think it means country and western film probably last chance saloon it means like this is like I don't know I've always thought that return to last chance saloon it's where you had your last chance you're going back in time I don't know kind of yeah kind of so it's kind of two things so a place frequented by unsavoury or or contemptible people Right. Your kind, Les. <laughs> uh, a situation, or a situation considered to be the last opportunity for success. Okay. Released on the 9th of March, 1998, which is... 9th of March, 1998. That's your birthday! Thank you! That was your 18th birthday! It was birthday. my 18th birthday! Look at that! Coming of age. That was when uh, we had... Um, so my 18th birthday, do you remember what we did? My mum and dad left the house for a night and I had everyone come over to my house and we were allowed to drink alcohol for the first time. Yeah. Big times. But, you know, couldn't leave a mess. Everyone had to take the shoes off. Yeah. You know, all those sorts of rules. Couldn't leave any crumbs. I just stood in the corner shaking. Because <laughs> that's what I used to do. Do you want anything to eat? No! No, no, no. Are you hungry, starving? <laughs> Um, so this is their second album 
Expecting to Fly, the previous album, which got to number one in 96. We're going to get, look, is that the better album, blah, blah, that whole scene. How do you feel about it? Go on. Oh, again, if we're going to talk about it, musical prowess and the terms of those songs and the construction of the songs, all of that, probably. But? For an album that you want to listen to and enjoy and foot tap and love and it means something so special to me and when I listen to it I go back 25 years yeah, yeah. then it's this one Good. every single time excellent I couldn't have said it better um, so what followed it was Science and Nature so the label itself is A&M and Superior Quality the producer was Hugh Jones it's 14 tracks do I hear a story about Science and Nature I went into <laughs> so I went into I remember this clear as day I was in the, remember, the, I don't know if it's still there, but I think it is, massive HMV store on Princess Street in Edinburgh. Yeah, I know where you are. It's a student. Yeah, yeah. So I walk in, I'm just looking Great at... Great store. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just looking, pick this album up, because that must have been released around 2000 or so. The Science of Nature yeah. album. Right, okay, with you. And then, so I'm reading it, and my f- mobile phone rings. Um, was it this? Yeah, it was this album. It must have been released a bit later. And I, phone rings... So I go a bit and answer it, but it's loud. Still had it in my hand, didn't realise. Walk out the shop. No! Still have it in my hand. Things are beeping. I'm going, oh. Somebody's next summon. The beepers are going off. (gasps) And I walk up Princess Street. Literally about four shops up. Realise I have it. And I'm like that. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what am I going to (laughs) do? So I walk back into the shop. Yeah, beeps again. Beeps again. And they come up and I went, no, no, I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, what? Did you steal No, I didn't steal it. I was on the phone, walked out, realised I'd stolen it. And but it, it wasn't back. stolen. It just was an accident. And I'm bringing it back. Wow. And they were like, you're actually going to bring it back. Did you get out of the store? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just couldn't believe that I'd bring it back. Did you feel... I'm not a thief. Did you feel obliged to buy it? Did you buy it? Right, I was so mortified. I gave it and I bolted. <laughs> Took me a good couple of months to go back now. <laughs> uh, where were we? It's 14 tracks, Les. Is it too long? Yes. And we'll get into that in the okay, tracks. Okay, yeah, great. Because I agree. I agree. Uh, it got to number 10. So expecting to fly number one. Return, number 10. We'll get into that. How long was it? doesn't that... follow my theory. No, it doesn't. It blows your theory away, right? Yeah. It's, hmm... How long was it in the charts? 22 weeks. Les, do you want to know what was in the charts? Aye. 98? Take a stab. Who's going to appear in these charts? Um, Celine Dion. Tick. Take that. No. Some other garbage. Boyzone. No. Should be some crap boy band. Right, let's get into it then. Alright, okay, so... Albums, Return to the Last Chance Saloon. Number nine, Left in the Middle, middle by Natalie and Bruglia. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Maverick of Stripe by Finley Quay. Oh, I love that album. Your love gets sweeter every day. Number seven, Urban Hymns by The Verve. Oh, no. Number six, Pilgrim by Eric Clapton. Number five, Let's Talk About Love by Celine Dion. Another one. Another one. Four, Life Through a Lens by Robbie. Crap. <laughs> Tin Planet by Space. Oh, Space. Are they in the top ten? <laughs> Maybe. 
Titanic soundtrack at number two. <laughs> Ray of Light by Madonna, number one. Great album. See? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was your guilty pleasure, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Number ten. Alexia. Ah, uh, la, la, la. Alexia? Sounds rubbish. Number nine. Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. <laughs> I sang that last week or a week after. Yep. Eight. Brimful of Asher by Corner Shop. Their only good song. Stop it. Seven, When the Lights Go Out by Five. <laughs> Baby, when, when the lights go out. One of our lowest scoring guilty pleasures, that one. Because it's awful. Big Mistake by Natalie Imbruglia. Five, Frozen by Madonna. Four, Say What You Want by Tech. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this? Say What You Want, dash insane. Texas featuring the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. Insane's a good song. It's off the album. Maybe they do a wee rap. I didn't know that. I'll have to listen to that. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Stop by the Spice Girls. And at number one, The Banger, It's Like That by Run DMC. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Okay. Um, so, remember how we talked about Gareth? He was going to throw the barbecue if this was number one. And we didn't. So, we don't get the barbecue now, unfortunately. Um, so basically, well, I sort of said, because this album, I sort of thought we might get a bit of stick around, and he loves this album. So I went, can you tell me what it is specifically about this album, why you, you, you know, you're so excited about it? And he wrote this massive long message, which I really appreciate, which I can't read out, but I will read out part of the message, right? So he wrote, he, he wrote have you ever had a bag of Maltesers? And one of them is a bit chewy. At first you think, oh dear, what the hell is this? This isn't right. Then out of nowhere, you start to find yourself really enjoying it. It's not like the others. It's unexpected and different. But as much as you find yourself liking it, ultimately you want all Maltesers to be like this. That's Return to the Last Chance Saloon. What a great analogy that was. Thank you, Gareth. All right. So just a reminder, the Blue Tones formed in Hounslow in England in '94. Uh, Adam Devlin on guitars, drummer Ed Chester, vocalist Mark Morris and his brother Scott who played bass. So, Expecting to Fly went to number one in February 96. It only went number one for one week when it got kicked down to number four, right? Let me tell you, so all the albums that went back above it, they weren't new. Expecting to Fly knocked them off and then the week after they came right back, okay? So, M People, Bizarre Fruit at number three. Jagged Little Pill by Alanis, number two. And Oasis, What's the Story, Morning Glory, number one. So literally all three of them, I think shock and awe of expecting to fly and then the next week, bang, complete reset back to the way it was. Um, so this is taken from all music. Stylistically, Return to the Last Chance Saloon isn't a drastic change from the Blue, to Blue Tones de- debut, Expecting to Fly, which I 100% disagree with, right? 100%. The major problem with the debut, however, was that there was little musical variety and the album seemed to drag at times. Luckily, on the sophomore effort, the Blue Tones have added some much-needed tempo changes to the mix, making this album a more consistently engaging listening than their debut. What do you think of that? I agree with that. Okay. So two years later, we get Return to the Last Chance Saloon. Two years in today's standards kind of, kind of feels like a long time between albums. So Adam said this, there's a reason they call it the difficult second album. Um, For the record company, it's difficult because the first one was a hit. For the band, it's difficult because they used all the best stuff assembled over the years on the first album. 
and the well is now pretty much dry except for stuff that wasn't good enough to go on the first album. That's why it was so difficult for us, at least. So Mark says, um, there's an article with Drowning Sound, and he said, I think it's the only misstep in our career. This album? Mm-hmm. No. It was too long. It took too long to make, and it took too long to make it. 75 minutes long. A record should be four to eight minutes tops. Mm. Even at the time, I thought it was too big, but we felt we had to prove ourselves. We had to show we weren't a big flash in the pan and have a big record, an ambitious record, adjust our sound. I think we could lose three songs, any three, and make a smaller capsule for someone to swallow. We should have focused on the atmosphere. Wow. Adam then says, though, completely different. It's one of my favourites. I enjoyed making that record. I threw a lot of guitars at it and played a lot of instruments as well. I worked quite hard on this record. It's our busiest. There's lots of sing- little silly things we sampled, like Bill Hicks at the beginning of the Jub Jub Bird. We wanted to shift away from the lightness of the first album, the Rickenbackers and the reverb and the stuff like that. I actually love that about it. Mm. Um, we were still a four-piece band writing pop songs, but we didn't just want to be thought of as jangly, so we went at it with a bit more muscle. Mm-hmm. I used a lot more Gretches and Telecasters. I enjoyed it a lot. It's probably the album I enjoyed making the most. Oh, that's excellent. That's really good. Mm. Um. So anyway, back to Mark. He says it's a misstep in the career. I read it as he's saying it took too long and it was too long. I don't think he doesn't like the album itself. Got it, got it. Taking too long, it probably did. Two years then is a ton of time. Um, 75 minutes long is a long time. Yes, um, I'll immediately. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut some songs. When we go through could, them, I'm gonna cut at least two. Yeah, you could lose three songs, any three, and make it a smaller capsule for someone to swallow. He says, "I agree," and I know what ones I would cut. Okay, but we'll wait till the the tracks. But that's their take on the album. So I guess um, I've got down here just a quick note around calling out why this comes after OK Computer. I don't seem to, to remember OK Computer getting played that much in the in the common room at school, but I remember this album getting hammered in the common room. We all loved it. Everyone, everyone loved Everyone it. in our school loved this album. It was a constant player. Um, definitely maybe Hurricane number one in this. It was just constantly. Um, the album itself, as you can tell from the name without actually listening to it, is kind of like this Wild West soundtrack, which... Sort of, I know Britpop was coming to the end of its sort of journey, but it's such an out there album anyway, right? Uh, <laughs> it really is. So, so how the heck does a UK band from Hounslow come to play Wild West songs? <sighs> so apparently, it all started with this B side called Colorado Beetle, a blue tonic B side. Um, after expecting to fly, though, the band went all in. So. It's not the old sort of John Wayne classic cowboy movies. Mm-hmm. My granddad loved cowboy movies. Um, but it's more like 80s cowboys comedy movies. So The Three Amigos. Yes. You like The Three Amigos? No. You don't like The Three Amigos? Really? <laughs> what about Raising Arizona? No. I hate westerns. You hate westerns? I hate them. Right, okay. I'm not a fan of westerns. That in space. <laughs> Sorry, I'm recovering from bronchitis, but yeah, um, so I'm going to get a bit raspy in a minute. But I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is roughly around the Western, right? And it's going to get Oscar nominated and all this hoo ha. I haven't seen that yet. Would you? Yeah, I want to. Actually, I don't because I think Quentin Tarantino's a douche. <laughs> 
<laughs> like with the whole Me Too thing, he was a fool and okay. coming out and stuff. So no, so probably morally no. Okay, cool. And also it's western, but then he does make good films. So then I'm curious. I'm in a dilemma. I don't know yet. Oh no. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I am now. I'm going to have to think about that. Oh, right. So it's two hours, 44 minutes. That's long. Long. very, And it's a very slow, slow movie. Great acting. Leo's great. Brad Pitt's character is amazing. And he's awesome in this. Um, the last 10 minutes are just typical Tarantino. Absolutely crazy. But you have to go a long, long way to get there. So funny story. Down in Adelaide this week. In the cinema. And I, it's like there's five of us in the cinema because it's been out a while, you know, all that sort of thing. This guy rocks in with a bucket of beers, like a bucket. So he's got just himself. him, just him himself, four beers. And I was like, half jealous, half who do you think you are, mate? Seriously, are you at home? We're in the cinema because you would hear the That's bottle fine. getting pulled out the ice, clinking on the metal, him opening it. It was just it was a mess. Every time he got beer, and he was one of these really loud beer drinkers that doesn't just you know take a swig, like drinks like half the bottle so it's like one and then the, the old ah, like that really there's like, there's like five of us in the cinema mate anyway so you wait and i'm like mate when are you going to go to the bathroom this is a three-hour movie you're gonna crack right yeah four beers uh, four beers so anyway you wait all this time to get to the end of the movie and i'm like please just something happen and then something starts to happen old mate Starts to get up from his chair and I'm like, ah, I knew you had to crack and you've cracked probably at the worst bit, mate. Anyway, movie ends, right? Ten minutes is the final sort of hurrah. Ends. I'm like, ah, did he just have enough and just disappear? Walk out the cinema, like credits are rolling, lights are on, the whole thing. Like walking out the sort of hallway of the cinema, he's running back up, more beers in his hands. And I'm like, ah, mate, it's done. It's over. <laughs> you, waited, you waited like three hours You've missed the end of the movie. Which and you've got more beers. And you've got more beers. What are you going to watch now? Are you going to do it again? Don't know. What's he going to do? Just sit in there? Uh, just... Anyway. Weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, but it's 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 tough movie to watch, but the end kind of makes it worth it anyway. Better than Downton Abbey? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because the main plot was the Queen's coming to dinner. Don't know how to prepare for it. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm still stressing about that. <laughs> cliffhanger will it be a sequel <laughs> uh, from Melody Maker Mark can remember the exact m- moment he found the inspiration he was at a gig watching a largely unknown band called Jack and they blew him away at the times he says he was really contemplating my own navel because he saw how simple it was he just had to stop worrying so much all the while Adam Scott and Ed's were busy thrashing out their own ideas in the rehearsal room They'd eventually get fed up and end up playing Jackson 5 numbers. Once Mark had come through with enough workable material, they headed off to Rockfield Studios in Wales, where they holed up for eight months with a crate of tequila and a stack of Western movies. Once you're in the studio, says Mark, you create your own environment, boys with the silly games, that was us. So you can kind of, all you got to watch, all you got to drink is tequila, all you got to watch is Western movies, you're going to get this coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big fan of tequila. Uh, you don't like tequila? I love margaritas. It's my favourite. Love it. So what did Melody Maker actually think? All right. So did the blue tones die in the past year? Did we forget to tell you? Hang on a minute. No, according to our news desk, all four of them are very much alive and they've even gotten a new album out. Probably the one I'm listening to right now. Yep, that's definitely what it says on the sleeve. But if the blue tones didn't die, go to heaven 
and catch songwriting tips directly from God, John Lennon, Jimmy, Hart and Wolfgang could somebody please explain how they've come up with 13 tracks as inspired as these. Eh, well. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Even the Stars reviewed. So there's an expanded edition of this album, right? And Even the Stars reviewed it. For a difficult second album, Returning to the Last Chance Saloon is a success. Although it didn't reach the commercial heights of Expecting to Fly, only reaching number 10 in the album charts on its release in March 1998, it's in as many ways a superior album, more diverse in its approach without losing any of that quintessential charm and the unerring ear for a tune that attracted so many of us to the band in the first place. It still has some of those great indie singles that the Blue Tones will ultimately be remembered for, but Side 2 in particular marks them down as a cut above the Britpop pack that fell by the wayside when the knives came out. What have you got on this album? So I think with this album, right, I just want to talk about this because it's been something I've been thinking about. That um, all the albums that we're probably going to talk about in the the top 20 were all, are probably critically liked and they're this and they're that and they're the next thing. This one's always been an anomaly to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and even when I think about the type of music and the type of band, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. doesn't fit into Britpop. Yeah doesn't fit i don't know where it fits mm-hmm. um but i've got to be honest it's probably one of the ones i like the most okay okay like i just do yeah yeah and i don't know if it's more sentimental reasons or because i loved it at the time mm-hmm. and i was worried because i thought I wonder if it ages well yeah yeah because it's a little bit of a theme album yeah yeah it does it does it really um does. i don't um like I, I don't know i don't know if people would I can understand why they probably prefer the first album, mm-hmm. but do people? I haven't seen or read anyone that genuinely doesn't like this album. No. Park it from what it might be. Yeah. That it's the follow-up to probably a quintessential Britpop album. Yeah. In its own right. Yeah. It just stands alone. It just stands up, and I haven't read a lot of things that are. It's like a, I tried to look for. T- a, I looked no, at tons of reviews and I looked. It's and a really hard. Wikipedia has like one line yeah, and it's no, one of these albums that we've had to go out there to try and research or get interviews around and not a lot of people talk about this album even reviews there's no. not that many it just seems to have been put on a shelf somewhere in, in its own category and yeah. people don't talk about it which is such a shame because it's, it's just such a deeper different sounding album yeah. that I mean here we are what 20, 20 years so later it stands up it's still a good listen Whereas some other albums that people hark on about have not aged well. So, yeah. And, like, I read... So I was reading... And then I was reading an article about what... Like, again, what the Blue Tones, what they um, thought about it and they got interviewed about it. And um, this was an NME. And it said, Return to the last chance saloon may not have immediately sprung from the deepest of wells, but once they finally struck water, it came gushing out. It was originally released, the album's 14 tracks, even... Felt one too long, and I get that. Yeah. And the impression lingers that Ames or Heard You Were Dead, deeper cuts that didn't bring much new to the table could have been left off the record. Yep. I'll argue those ones, but anyway. Yep. That's beside the point of now, because there's, they've done a two-disc reissue. Mm-hmm. Is, is thorough investigation and celebration of the beginning of the Blue Tones' second major wave of creativity. Yeah. That's what it is. Because if you listen to Science and Nature, I'd be keen to see what we give that if we rated it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like anything else mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. even for them. Yep, 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 yep. I just, 
I've tried, I really did a lot of research to find out where, and I know that you said the westerns and the tequila, yeah, yeah. but where did... Well, that's another thing. People don't talk to them about this album. I, I know. Get so, that. And I want to know where it came yeah, from. Yeah, I want to, why did you, how is this so different? Why did you change so much? Where is the western back. Like, like, did you like westerns growing up? And that's where you got the theme from, like... No one in Were you all, drunk and it was a laugh? Was it, yeah, yeah, like seriously, like all the interviews I tried to find, people keep harking on about Expecting to Fly. And don't get me wrong, that is a great album. But talk about this, because it's so different. So different. Yes. Why did they change? Right. However, Science and Nature, right? Done better than this album, right? So Science and Nature, mm. which was released in May 2000, which wasn't on our list, so we didn't review it, went to number seven. In May of 2000, right? That's interesting. NME, 7 out of 10 for Science and Nature. The cynics won't bl- blink an eyelid. Like pebbles on a beach, you could blithely toss the blue tones to the waves and everything would doubtless continue much the same as before. Pick them up and study the patterns etched by time's relentless passage, however, and you'll find comfort and maybe even a few surprises in these well-worn home truths. So Mark said, The most fun to make was Science, to- science and Nature. It has a kind of free and cutless feel to it. We knew it was going to be the last record with Mercury and there was a feeling of getting it out of the way. So we kind of took the piss when we were recording it. Um, I really like it though. I think it's our most diverse and multicoloured release. Which again, I don't get either. I don't get that. I don't That's get a it. solid album. Solid album. It is a solid album. It's got hints of return like Mudslide, which is a good song. Decent, some good songs, especially Emily's Pine, the ending is, is really, really good. But, you know, I mean, you couldn't have stuck with the Wild West theme. That would have... No, because you know. no, that's that. So it's I understand. Just... And it's still a different album to expect and to fly. So I kind of understand, you know, the momentum of the albums. They're all different. They all have a feel to them. Do you think people were too scared to like it? Return. Oh. Like, well, is it just not cool enough? Which is people scared? Is it expecting to fly and then people like that, you know, especially the people that get into the depths and the, you know, I love suede and I love this song and this meaning and well, blah, you had blah, blah, okay computer and, okay, uh, and I love all and this. Got... And then you bring this out, yeah. which just flies in the face of it. Yep, because yep, some yep, of yep. the songs are relatively jokey mm-hmm. and a little bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. When we get into the tracks, I'm looking forward to that. But like you, do you think just some people were just too scared to like it? So they just didn't talk about it. Well, you got to remember as well, they're fighting against the likes of Verve at this point. Which, you know, so music is starting to go into a lot of a, a more different direction, different feel to it. So, hmm, they were they were punching up. They really like were. Like, it's kind of like the uncool... It just like, seems like the album that's uncool to love. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, I, can I, can, imagine, I can take that. And I would really... And I think we've had some tweets, but I would genuinely love to hear if people, when they've been listening to this podcast, if they ever thought this would be in the top ten. And if they've ever seen it in a top ten of Britpop albums ever before. Nah, never. Nah, way. Nah. 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 I'd like to know. <laughs> and also, you'd never say, if it was, it's never going to be above expecting to fly. Right. So, By some distance. Yeah. Luxembourg. They did next, right? So, 24th of May, 2003, number 49, Lil. Number 49. Let me tell you, uncut, 1 out of 10. That's That's brutal. I know. Previously, the blue-toned silvery guitar pop was sluggish and strained. Luxembourg benefits from a stylistic rethink. 
openers, here it comes again and Fastboy are surprisingly lean and fast-paced nods to Devil and the Ramones. Elsewhere, Big Problem sees the Blue Tones discover garage riffs with Relish, while You're No Fun, more, You're no fun Anymore is a wire pastiche to impress Justine Frischman. Unfortunately, their weakness prevail. Quite simply, the Blue Tones can't write songs and, as ever, sound knackered for trying. Not so sluggish then, but still overstrained. Mm. Mark said we never go as far to reinvent ourselves but we always try a slightly different approach with each record whether it be a different sound or technique to songwriting Luxembourg was quite stripped down almost like a garage band there were no acoustic guitars on it that was something we deliberately set out to do um, I agree with Mark it, it's definitely the rockiest sort of album it's okay it's I'm album. not a huge fan no it's 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 it's. I could put it on I'd be alright with it but I, it's not probably not someone I'd, I'd run back to um, so Mark released a solo album at this stage under the guise of Philo Bedo right did you know this no no um, no I didn't do a reference to a Clint Eastwood character uh, um, apparently it's his name in the film Every Which Way But Lose was Philo Bedo there's only one song on Spotify called Mother Moon. There's not an album. So apparently it's quite rare to actually find this. So Philo Bedo. The Philo, Be- Philo thing is just something I do to keep me from going in between albums. Or if we're talk- taking a break for one reason or another. It's just having some fun and knocking some songs around in my friend's garage. I think all my energy is going to concentrate on the blue tones for a little while. There might be odd acoustic appearances here and there. But there's not enough hours to do both. Now... There was the Blue Tones album after that, number 100. Oofed. Alright, 2006. Music OMH, 2 out of 5. To pun horribly on one of the Blue Tones' finest early singles, this album is a slight return. The overall impression is that the band is trying to knock the clock back, but it feels like they're merely going through the motions. They are in danger of entering that oral of no man's land. Easy listening. Surely it's time to move on and do something else, boys. Last... Blue Tones album A New Athens in 2010 didn't chart 3 out of 5 Whoa. by yeah, 3 out of 5 by Slant Magazine a streamlined approach to A New Athens also contributes to its shortcomings though with repeated listens the album faced, fails to genuinely engage the listener where Return to the Last Chance Saloon stood out for its raucous Mexican flavour their latin, latest is often bland by comparison and its songs can saunter by without leaving much impression each track is charming enough, but you won't find yourself humming or whistling, whistling along to songs like Culling Song or Carry Me Home with the same enthusiasm as the infectious tunes they were churning out 15 years ago. Now, Mark Morris has done a whole bunch of solo work, right? So in 2008, Memory Muscle. 2014, A Flash of Darkness, which was a pledge campaign, but then reissued through Acid Jazz. 2015, a covers album of The Taste of Mark Morris. And 2017, Look Up. So it's originally a pledge campaign. It's been reissued on vinyl and it's on Spotify. It's an interesting album, actually. No, it's it's just, it's very, very different. So this is Romano. When you look back on the 15 years or so you were together, what were the highlights of that time? First, I think, the first time we went to Japan... The first time we did Top of the Pops, the first time we played Glastonbury, those all live strong in the memory. We also got to see the world. That's probably the ultimate highlight. We grew up in the shadow of Heathrow Airport watching other people fly off to amazing places. It's only fair we got our chance. 
Isn't that nice? Uh, what you got anything else before we get into the singles? Nah. Let's get on. Solomon bites the worm, number ten, um, February ninety-eight. Very very cool video. Mark um, steps into a public toilets, like the ones they have in like squares, and every time he comes out, he's in a different different city. It's pretty cool. Uh, if got to number number thirteen on the 9th of May ninety-eight. Very unusual video. In fact, so the camera is either attached to like something on elastic that's attached to the band or it's or it's either someone uh, got the camera on a stick and they're like zooming in and out of the band's faces while they play or sing and um, when I was reading the YouTube comments someone's like I, I actually genuinely can't watch this video it's very nauseating and like I was like a minute in I'm like this is uncomfortable so it goes up in the air and then it comes back down on the band and then it goes out from the band and comes it's not good not good Sleazy Bed Track, number 35. The video, did you see the video to this? No. Video's weird. So there's a, it's in a bar and you've kind of got, it has little people in the bar. Uh, the barmaid's a vampire and the band are monkeys, like chimpanzees, playing the instruments, right? So there's a chimpanzee. Weird, I wouldn't have thought that. Can you imagine how hard that would have been to film? Right, so it's actually like so chimpanzee holding a bass, chimpanzee doing the drums. Chimpanzee. Imagine how hard that would have been, like just to film that. Do you think it's real or do you think it's superimposed? No, no, it's real because you can tell because they've tried to, like, they don't do too many cuts of the chimps. Like, it's they're not singing along to it. They're sort of in the background and it sort of cuts to them and stuff. It's real because they're not playing the instruments. They're like looking, probably going, "What the hell am I doing? Here? Why am I here?" Um, should we get into the tracks? Yes. Go on, talk to me about the tracks. So first one, Tune Blues. Tune or Tone? Tune. <laughs> tone Blues. Go on. But I say Tune Blues for some reason. Because you're Scottish. Go on. Anyway, Tone Blues, great stuff. It set, look, for me, it sets, the, look, it sets the tone for the rest of the album. If you didn't know what you were getting... You're getting it now. You're getting it now. Yeah, that's true. And so, for that reason, I do love it. I'm with you. Nice little instrumental to kick off the album here. And it really goes well into track two. Um, <clears throat> the, it's only two minutes, two and a half minutes long. Sets the scene really well. Not going to play it. No, because that... Good. Because it's, set, it's a set the scene. It's not a punch in the face. It's not that. It just sets the scene. It's like, by the way, if you didn't know what you were getting with this album, you get, it's this. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get something different. But what it does is it moves perfectly into Unpainted Arizona, which is three minutes long. One more day in the valley And I'm free to run. I love it. <laughs> uh, I love the song. You know, you've had the scene set That's from the intro. The Goes, I suppose. This is, and this is, I guess this is where you go. You're either in or you're out. On yeah, by now you're, you're going, in. What you, am I doing? Are you, because you've had the intro and you're going, this is a bit, this is not slight return. No, it two. is not. And then you're into an actual song with a singing and you're like, ah, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't a piss take. We're actually in now. This is a theme. Um, I'm all in. I think this is, this is brilliant. I'm all in. All right. Unpainted Arizona. Yeah, 
Solomon bites the worm. Who doesn't like this? Who doesn't like this song? Who doesn't like this? Uh, awesome Because if you don't, you're going to hate the intro of our podcast every single week. <laughs> uh, we still get questions around the intro music. Like, still, like, can you run me through what the tracks are? And this always comes up. So it's still, that's really, really cool. It's taken from a poem called Solomon Grundy. You know that? Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on Tuesday, married on Wednesday, took ill on Thursday, grew worse on Friday, died on Saturday, buried on Sunday. That was the end of Solomon Grundy. Yeah. Did you know that? No. You never heard that before? No. It's got a wee thing to it. Yeah, I knew that. What's it go like then? Like, Solomon Grundy. I never heard that. No, no, no. I never knew that. Oh, well. All right. Yes? Yeah. Solomon Bites the Worm. UTA. Now I love this until. Go on. There's a really annoying alarm noise. There is. And that's it, I'm done. Because all I can hear. And it just goes on and on. It ruins it. And I wish they hadn't done that. Really like the song, but since playing the whole album, I don't dig this as much as I used to. Great guitar solo here, though. However, the siren here, sometimes fine, <sighs> others annoying. Because I just hone in on it and then I can't focus so, on anything else. So I'm going to make. I listen to this in the car over here. That's one of my cull. Off you go. Go on. UTA. No, that would stay on the album for me, minus the alarm. Because it's a good song. No, I'm calling it. It's my call. So, uh, no. As in, call it to play it for this, or call it off the album completely? Call it off the album. Get rid of it. Oh, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. Stick with me. Four Day Weekend. It's a really rocky track. It's great. The future is dead. That's what you said. His vocals are brilliant here. It's well. all in your head, you see. Not mine. I'm fine. I'm alive. It's alright. The vocoder's a bit annoying. Okay. Absolutely amazing song. Great great writing. I love the vocal, vocoder effect. I hate it. It's annoying. I really like it. I think it's great. Um, the, the writing... We thought we could make a difference. We thought we could make a difference. Be remembered when the pyramids are dust. But we've had to learn that these bridges that we build can be as fragile as a loved one's trust. Wow. Oof, no. Now that is great, great writing. And then it's... The future is dead. That's what you say. Absolutely playing four-day weekend. It is sleazy. It is a bit. It's it is, so it, it's, sleazy. It's a bit creepy. And it? when I listen to it again as like a more mature, older person <laughs> with slight more life experience, I'm like that. You dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a great song. Um, but it's a bit. It is a bit. It's a bit creepy. It is a bit. So great track. You actually think it's a love song. It's not. It's not a love song. It sounds like it. Like, you're like, oh, the way it sort of plods along, you're like, oh, this is nice. Uh, The lyrics are very unusual, which we'll get into. Did you know it's actually in the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World soundtrack? Is it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, which is very American. It's an, a way American movie, yeah, right? And it's actually like track four is something on it as well. Seen that movie? <laughs> Read the comic book, Leslie? Oh, I'll have a think about it and get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I know it used it's... to be my favourite song on the album. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is, this is where, so you've got the I know it's getting late. But if you'd like to talk a little bit more, well, that's all right with me. Which is like, that's nice. Lovely. Now, and then you go, I know I shouldn't say. No, don't say. But you've been acting strange the last few days. And this has made me think, your pills have cost too much. And you're like, oh. And you're like, what? And then, and you can't feel them working anymore. So pour them down the sink. And then all you've got to do, baby, is kick off your shoes and lay down. And that's when I go, oh, oh. Climb up here and let's forget about sleep and lay down. Dun, 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 dun. It's, so it's a bit... Creepy? Unusual? So how I read this song now is, you're off your chops and you've clearly got an addiction. So what I will do is I will play on that and I'll get you to lie down next to me because you're going to be a bit easy. No, that is not... No, don't... That is not what... That's what that song is. That's why it's called Sleazy Bed Track. Now I'm older, I understand. He's taking advantage of someone off the chops. That is not true. Yes, it is. Admit I'll, it. I'll and you don't want to do it, you don't want to think that. And when I was younger, I thought it was nice. Come and talk to me, lay down, it's lovely. Oh. That's what I'm saying, it's kind of, you get this nice mm-hmm. up front couple of choruses mm-hmm. and then it's like, it's like Sleazy Bed Track, it's in the name. Um, allegedly, for I mean, all of that. Um, Sleazy Bed Track. It's not allegedly, it's just a song meaning. It's not a real event. <laughs> it's your opinion on a song meaning. It's pretty obvious. Sleazy Bed Track. happier <laughs> if you <laughs> for September remember <laughs> that I'm I love it the baseline uh, baseline is just awesome it's a belter I love the na 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 the final minute is just the strings the horns the na na na's I even enjoy the way it ends with the slam door I even, yeah. I even I even enjoy that. Um, so the song title and the cover art are a reference to the British 1968 film If. In 2014, it got voted the ninth best British film of all time. Never seen it. Never seen it. Huh? Never seen it. I need to do that. Uh, so we play If. Yeah. Your sympathy's not what I crave. I do like this song, a bit rockier than the rest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then it gets into the cute chorus, because it it just takes a wee. Mm -hmm. Good song, the chorus is the best part. You don't expect it. Some great guitar work, which you forget about in the middle. Um, but whenever I hear your name, a mist comes down over my eyes. I hear your name, a mist comes down over my eyes. Very different to the beginning. I love that song. Uh, oh, I'm going to play it. Do you want me to play it? Yeah. Okay, jump, jump, bird. These demons inside of me. 
that they stay And I'll disprove all that you've heard The shortcomings of all will fall It's so cheesy but I love it You reckon it's cheesy? What? Yeah how is it cheesy? How cheesy? How, 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 how? So Because it's so cheesy. What do you mean? <laughs> I, that. I love, I love this song. The lyrics make you laugh. The sky will fall, kill us all, or just, or just the very top. Or just, just the, the very, very top. That's hilarious. Ba, 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 ba. That is just, it's a really, really nice song. I know, but it is a bit, but I love it, but it's a bit cheesy. Say you'll have me, have me Maybe <gasps> the sky will fall It's basically, I think this is the most we've ever sung on this, this cast really kill the Sky song. will fall is definitely getting played Amaze Another great track. Do you love this one? Yeah, I do. Are you going to call this one? No, no this is not a call. We're getting so you've just called one so far, you two. Just one? I'm only, I'm... I haven't called a thing yet. Ooh! Right, I'm S then. You can't. No. You're not going to call it? You're no. good? I love it. Excellent song, nice build up to the chorus. Um, Shade and Fruits, 87 on song meanings. It's 4am and I'm listening to this very loudly through my headphones. I've heard it before, but this feels just like the first time every time. It's amazing. Lovely, lovely, lovely song. Ames. Here's my cull. Here's my second cull. Same. Get off. Down at the reservoir. Off, 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 off. The one song... So this is the it's one... too cheesy for me. Yeah, agree. The one song I would absolutely cull. Even get rid. Not even thinking about right. it. Get rid of it. Gone. The only song I can do without on the album, it's a bit cheesy, and I can do with without, to be honest. However, on song meanings, someone wrote that this was their favourite song on the album. Nah, nah. Nah, get off. You're wrong. Skip. Skipping down at the reservoir, and we're culling it. It's gone. Yeah. I heard you were dead. I love this. I heard that you were dead. Damn before you hit the ground. This is where the album should end. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this. So you had a cold down at the reservoir. Yep. Gone. Yep. And the album finishes with Heard You Were Dead. Mm-hmm. And then I'm done. Uh, I disagree. But okay, we'll get into that. Um, Heard You Were Dead. Good song. Again, solid guitar work here. Mark's voice at the end is, is brilliant. It's rumoured to be about the late Graham Parsons. But Mark has different recollections. It's not about Graham Parsons. It was inspired by the film Escape from New York and a character in it called Snake Pliskin. Everyone he meet, he says, I heard you were dead. And it just stuck in my head that night. I really... This another good song. This is the, this is the final This is your final for you. Oh, I heard you were dead. Here's my hurrah. I don't get it. Broken star. Bow, bow, no. bow. Stay you don't like it. I hate it. 
Really? Off. What about the strings at the end? No. No, bye. Bye. Seriously. Well, after you've heard you were dead, the album's finished for me. Oh, that's what I switch off. Nice end to the album here. Little hurrah. Love the last two minutes. Just gorgeous. The strings, the guitar, all excellent. Fantastic end to the album. Nope. Done. No. I'm playing it. But I'll play it to take us out of the podcast anyway. I'll cheat a little bit. Um, so you would call Broken Star and Reservoir. There's your two, that's your two gone. Yeah. Everything else stays. Yeah. I'm UTA and Reservoir. So at least we agree on the one track, right? Yeah. There is a secret track. Yeah. A woman done gone left me. Don't get it. You have to wait like 10 minutes to get this. I never got it. Um, it's Pointless. like a minute. I've just gone a pretty useless, crappy secret track. Not worth putting in there. Don't no. see the point. Um, we're done. Right, should we get into reviews? Yeah. Garfield Echoes, three out of five. The first album, the first half of the album is really good and definitely up there with the best of the debut. Better than I remember at the time. The guitar sounds in particular are a lot more varied and tougher. After that, Panic kind of disappears up its own bahuki. And I don't think they ever really recovered momentum, although they did continue to release some good singles. Corky, five out of five. Possibly the Blue Tone's finest album. I love the alternative country western backdrop that runs through the set. And the lyrics are really excellent and packed with great humour. As always, the musicianship is great and really all of the tracks herein have something to offer. Unpainted Arizona offers a gorgeous spaghetti western type vista and tracks such as If and Sky Will Fall are just sublime. And the final three tracks, Ooze Class, essential listening for all lovers of intelligent British guitar music. You've got that face on. What's the face? Is it because That's it. Broken Star? Yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah, okay. I do like the end of Brokers, but I can't, like, I hate the broken baby. I don't mind that, because you get to the end. No. Uh, five out of five by Lilliput. What can I say? Superb. Both slow and faster songs. Well done. Great lyrics. One of the best albums I own, and I own an awful lot. R. Stevens, five out of five. The best record. These massively underrated guys produced. Highly recommended. Cook a chili con carne. Crack open a sol beer. Sit back and enjoy. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. What did you give it? Eight and a half. Higher. Nine. You gave it a nine. That's the first nine. Is it? Isn't it? Yes, it is, because you didn't give Bokeh. Yes. What did I give it? Nine. Nine. Both nines. Whoa, man. In the top ten now. Big scores. Big scores. Both nine out of ten. Do you stand by that or would you drop it? If you got rid of a couple of tracks... Where would this be for you? Ten. What? Straight off the bat. What? Wow. Because there's none of it all. Big call. Wow, okay. Um, That's how much I love this album. Good on you. Well done. Um, website, Blue Tones Band. Um, Twitter, at Blue Tones. The Blue Tones. Are they touring? Yes, they are. They're touring right now in the UK through October. Come to Australia. I'd love to see Please. <laughs> <laughs> October or November but also you've got Mark you know he's doing his solo stuff as well so either or we'll take any blue tone if anyone wants to come uh, so the album has a 20th anniversary edition it's a double CD it's got B-sides demos and live uh, is this on Spotify? it is number nine number nine so nervous it's massive 
if you think OK Computer was a bit of a bombshell, this one is massive. In fact, they're all big. It's just which one isn't at number one, which one isn't top five. You know that sort of questions? Is this one people are going to think should be top five? Yes. Is people going to think this is too low or too high? Too low. Well, it's one of those bad boys. I like this, and the reason why we're here now is because I probably like this, I don't know how you've done the, the, the episode, but I like this episode probably one, this, this album, one point higher than you. Just a guess, one point higher. Okay. So it's not Oasis then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, just, that's the reversal. Um, massive, massive album. Always at the, the sort of top of any Britpop list. They, um, from this album, probably had the biggest Britpop anthem that, you know, when you think of any Britpop list, it's on there. I don't get it. Suede? <laughs> no, no, no. Suede would never be this high. Yeah, because that's hectic. Uh, Verve? Close. Uh, very... There was an there was an uh, incident which we've been talking about for a few episodes at the Brit Awards. An incident. <gasps> it's pulp. It's pulp. Oh my god, it's different class. It's different class. Oh no, controversial. I wanna live like common people. Yeah, you like this better than me. Yeah, I know that for a fact. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, this is a solid album. It's a great album with some great hits on it. Um, so pulp. How are you feeling about that? Number nine. I think we'll get a few... What? But I'm okay. Why is that not top five? Why I mean, that... I'm alright with it being top... And you don't like this album as much as I do, so there's the explanation. Yeah, but I like it, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. If it's wouldn't a... be there. Exactly. Because I've obviously given it more than a six and a half. Yeah. So that's always a good sign. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that'll be good to talk about, Pulp, because to be honest, I feel throughout this process we've not given them much airplay or airtime. Well, I haven't talked about them much. No, we haven't. We've talked about other bands filtered through the other episodes and what we felt. Yeah. I don't know if people know what we think about Pulp. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's because their career is so long yeah. as well. Like You're a bigger Pulp fan than me. Correct. Like, I'll put it out there that I'm not a huge Pulp fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge This Album fan. Uh, because yeah. I won't have scored his and hers that probably high. I don't think I would have scored This Is Hardcore that high. Um, you didn't. And need, to some extent, neither did I. So I think I'm the same as you. Uh, I love this album, but you've got to go. You've got to wade through a lot of of pulp to get to this album. And this uh, this is a masterclass. And then you've got a couple albums after that that again didn't kind of tick the box. I've really um, uh, a special relationship with the album. This is hardcore, but even that is not a fantastic album. Yeah. You know. So, all right. Done. Pope. Anything else? Nah, bring it. All right, so... Good luck, Australia. <gasps> you've jinxed it. That's it. Actually, and then you've got all the English fans coming at us. Uh, at Britpop Banter and uh, Facebook and Twitter at Britpop Banter at gmail.com. We are done and dusted. We'll see you next week. Bye.